Welcome to Paranormal Heart, a place where people can talk about their paranormal experiences. With your host, Cat Ward. Welcome back, folks, to Paranormal Heart Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I have another great episode for you tonight. I'm joined by Missy Lee Sterling. Missy Lee does not have any formal training, but I consider her to be a natural-born investigative journalist. She's gone above and beyond in search of getting answers to a frightening experience she has had with what is known as a rake. She has taken courses in photo forensics, and has spoken with people who are experts in various fields, such as botanists, to help debunk photos. Missy Lee has also written a book entitled Coming Out of the Crawler Encounter Closet, A Social Suicide Experiment, which will be coming out soon. In this book, she discusses her encounter and hopes that it will help others who have had similar experiences. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, or have questions, comments, or just want to say hello, Drop me an email at paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the show. You can find me on YouTube, Podbean, FringeRadioNetwork.com, KPNL Digital Network on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern, and any place you find, find podcasts. You can also join me on Discord, where we can chat while listening to new episodes as they are released on the second and last Sunday of each month at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, on with the show. Welcome, Missy Lee, to Paranormal Heart Podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, As we were discussing earlier, we have Lady Anne to thank for introducing us. So thank you, Lady Anne. Yes, Lady Anne, a low-flying angel. <laughs> oh, she's amazing. Oh, she is incredible. Yeah. So first of all, I'd like to say I was looking at your website, and I absolutely <laughs> love the little tidbits of humor that you have in there. <laughs> yeah, the, first, the first thing is welcome-ish, depends on who you are. <laughs> it's true. You know, um, I'd mentioned to you, I have that on some throw pillows in my house, and I just thought it's so fitting for, especially the subject matter that I talk about. When I say depends on who you are, you know, if you're going to be somebody who is going to try and troll me <laughs> or yes. be nasty to people, um, we can have a conversation about that, but you're, you know, not right now and not on my website. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And when you start talking on the the about section on your website, something about my particular arrangement of molecules. Again, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I um, I've always been a writer. I, I, you know, in first grade, my parents got called to the school, and my teacher said she always speaks in riddle. She has to stop that. Oh, really? It's not funny. And my my mom says no. That's just the way she speaks. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I like, I, I'm really expressive and I'll, you know, I like to find unique ways to say things. So, well, that's good that yeah. your, your mom didn't try to curb that. 
She did not. She did not. My mom is incredible and she very much um, encouraged me as far as the writing. And um, it's funny, you know, I went through a bunch of different careers and she just sat back and she would bring writing up occasionally. And I'd be like, yeah, you know, whatever, mom. And I mean, she just bided her time and didn't really try to steer me in one direction or another. Well, maybe subtly. But then finally, when um, I said, Mom, I think I just got a book deal. She was like, yep, here you go. You found what you're going to do. This is why you've been getting kicked out of the corporate world. <laughs> this is your thing. Nice. <laughs> yes. So kudos to your mom. That's amazing. Yes, for sure. Yep. Hey, Mom. <laughs> Terry. <laughs> Her name is Terry. <laughs> oh, hello, Terry. That's awesome. So you've had some pretty interesting encounters. And could you start by telling us how old did all this start and what got you into writing and having a website and everything? Okay, yeah. Well, um, the website and the writing is all relatively recent within the past um, few months. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, when I was a kid, I, you know, I, I always, my first memory is paranormal, but mm -hmm. I was a kid, so I didn't know it was paranormal, right? I didn't even know what that word was. And so I was having these experiences. I would see full-bodied apparitions. I would see this, I could see energy around people. Um, and I talked about that right until I realized it made me very uncool and I would not fit in. Yeah. So I think around, you know, 14 when you know socializing matters that's probably around the time I shut it down and then when I turned 29 it was like I don't I don't know what happened but it was open again and it was like full on it scared me to death um but again I, I kind of tried to suppress that and um as far as like cryptids or anything like that I knew what Bigfoot was but the, you know, the what crawlers, Mothman, um, none of that was even part of my knowledge base. I didn't even know what a cryptid was. Yep. Um, and so then um, I was on my way home from my mom's house one night and I'm rounding this curve and it's, you know, it's late, dark. It's this two lane road and. I look ahead in the road and I see, you know, something there. I was too far at that point to, to know, but I assumed a deer because I live in the deep south. Um, and I was right on the Mississippi-Alabama line. And so I began to slow down. And as I got closer to it, something wasn't quite right. And I'm right on it and I'm at a complete stop. And I'm looking at this thing and I... Uh, I wet my pants, first of all, <laughs> um, Ooh, yep. because it was, yeah, it was horrifying. And then um, I started, you know, your mind runs through all these patterns trying to find something that you recognize. Like, is it this? Is it that? And it was, I think I initially called it a weird alien thing mm -hmm. uh, because I, you know, no idea. Had never seen anything like it before. It was on all fours when I pulled up on it. And at some point it got up and on its two back legs made this horrifying screeching sound and kind of took off to the left of me. And from that point on cat, I don't have any memory of driving off. Uh, next thing I know I'm pulled over up the roadways um, and gauging from how long it took me to get home from that point. I, I'm guessing I drove for about 10 miles. I have no memory of that drive. I have no memory of pulling over, but I'm, I'm, I'm on the side of the road and I'm trying to use my phone and I couldn't remember how to use the phone. Not like 
I had forgotten. It was like I'd never known. And that could be, you know, just the trauma. But um, I wanted to call my mama, <laughs> but I um, actually ended up calling the first person in my call log who would have been the last person that I called. And they didn't answer. So I left a voicemail and um, it was wild. You know, a couple of years passed and they had lost the cell phone. I left that voicemail on. And then I get this call. I, I'm, I'm moving. It was in the couch. I've got the voicemail. I'm emailing it to you. So I actually got to listen to that again, the voicemail I left them. And it was um, it was pretty emotional to hear myself and just how, you know, just completely. I've never been more afraid in my entire life. For sure. Uh, I can't even imagine. that. Yeah, growing up as well, we've always heard of of. Bigfoot, Sasquatch, that seems to be the king of the, the cryptids. So as we get older and we start hearing about all these other terrifying creatures, this particular one where I've heard people call it um, a wraith, I've heard some people call it uh, pale crawlers, they're mm -hmm. terrifying, they're creepy. Yeah, um, and I didn't even express what it looked like. Okay, so it ha it was very pale, um, I, I actually called it the chalk white WTF um, <laughs> because, you know, I had it, but it was I could see its rib cage. It was like its skin looked like plastic stretched over bone and it had these huge black eyes and its mouth was gaping opened. And this is the, this gives me chills. No sound was coming out just to get I mean, and so I thought I shocked it. Um, or I didn't, you know, I, I, mm -hmm. I couldn't figure it out. Um, but I don't remember seeing feet or hands, um, just those eyes and that mouth and that gaunt, I mean, like no meat on its bones. And it was almost, um, tr kind of transparent. Like you could, if I had, I think if I had shined a light on it, I could have seen like it's in, you know, it's in your, oh, wow. um, yeah. So definitely falls into the category of, um, a crawler. Um, say we, the rake, um, and I learned this later, that is a creepy pasta, and um, that was made up. And so I think a lot of times um, crawlers get grouped in with that, and so the sightings aren't taken seriously because everybody, everybody says, you know, they think they know. So they say, oh, that's a rake. That's, that's fictional. That's not true. But the rake and, and that trail cam photo that everyone associates with the rake, that is not even part of the rake story. Um, we can get into that in a little bit, but yes, um, please. yeah, they're horrifying. And I think it's something about a being that looks almost human, but not human in a way that's really off. That does something to us very viscerally. viscerally it's mm -hmm. like, you, you know what I mean? Like yep. even, even creepy dolls, you know, those yes. freak us out. Yeah. So yeah, um, it hit. I went home, um, changed my pants, um, and then kind of, I don't, I didn't sleep that night. You know, I just kind of stared off into space for a while. And, um, I, I spent a long time just like trying to shove it down and let, you know, let it go. And I told a couple of friends and, um, they were, uh, no, you don't. You, I, I said, I feel like I need to talk about this and see if anyone else has seen something like this. No, you don't. You do not want to be one of those Bigfoot is real people. Uh, you do not. No, you do not talk about this. That will that that will be social suicide. And so I listened to them for a little while and I didn't really look anything up. But then 
I've said before, I think my lack of want to look anything up had more to do with being afraid I wouldn't find anything. And then if I didn't find anything, then that would confirm I was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I eventually did look it up and I was shocked. Um, there's an entire subreddit dedicated. It's, uh, you know, r slash crawler sightings and story after story. And I would read some of them and they'd say, you know, what I saw looked just like the creature in that trail cam image, even though that's been debunked or even though that's been a proven fake. I mean, at least 50 encounter stories I read said this. And I thought, well, what trail cam picture? <laughs> and so that's when I found the broadcast um, and that, you know, infamous trail cam picture. I think that is pro in this community, that has probably been the most shared photo ever. Um, and I wondered how it was possible for so many people to say that they had seen something that looked just like it, but the picture was debunked. Like how, you know, so I started looking into it. What did, what did you find after you started looking into it? Well, um, initially, I mean, this took a couple of years because I don't, I don't do anything halfway. When I say look into it, I mean, I looked into it. I looked above it, below it, behind it, beside it. Um, I, I took a class on uh, in photo forensics on how to detect, to detect digital manipulation. That's amazing. I, I couldn't stop. You know, it was like I had and someone said, oh, well, you've just done this to validate your own experience. Well, of course I have <laughs> yep. because, you know, but it's not just my experience. It's all these other people. And when I would see them tell their stories and I would watch the way they were treated and they would get really emotional because when you have an experience like that and you're trying to tell someone about it, the invalidation is so painful. It's like yep. a threat to your very existence. And I, so I, you know, I sat back for a little while and then I, I waited until I felt that I could interact with people without getting emotional because I very much believe in civil discourse. It's absolutely necessary. And so that's when I decided, you know, I'm going to speak up. But what I found was there are at least 16 different explanations, depending on who you ask, for where that picture came from. And how does that even happen? You know, yeah. one picture, 16 explanations. So um, one of the first, I actually found this blog and all of the news sites that said, you know, this picture has been debunked, this blogger settled it once and for all, they all pointed um, to the, it, it's a, what is it called? Mm, Wired Web is the, is the website. So I went through and I was looking at his analysis and um, I just thought, seriously, dude, like some of the things you were saying, they don't even really make good sense. Um, one of the first things was it came from Insomniac Games. Um, and that is the developer of a video game called Resistance 3. And in this video game, they have a creature called a Grim. And so I looked into that and Insomniac Games did tweet the picture of that trail cam monster. Um, and they said, you know, oh, looks like one of our Grims is on the loose. If you find it, return it to Burbank. Um, but what everyone ignored was that they... Uh, replied to someone in a follow-up tweet and said, it, you know, person asked, is this for real? And they said, totally joking. So what they were basically doing was just riding the coattails of that meme, you know, mm -hmm. because it went very viral. 
but it's not because of that video game. It's because of its own, you know, on its own merit, if you can even call it merit, it's a horrifying picture and something about it intrigues us. Um, so, okay. Insomniac games out. The, um, the only issue is this was 10 years ago. So I could find where they said they were just joking, but the profile of the person who had asked them that question was no longer up because, you know, it's been 10 years at this point. And so I went to a website called Wayback Machine and Wayback Machine crawls the internet and catalogs things at certain points. And it was interesting because it had, in fact, crawled that um, Twitter profile on that date. But when I clicked to see what it had logged, there was nothing there. Um, so the only thing I really have, because I've asked them over and over and over again, and even their um, South Carolina office, the um, receptionist threatened to <laughs> call the police and file charges on me for harassment if I really? call her again. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, I was not, I was very polite, you know, I just um, wanted to ask and she, she was a bit annoyed with me. Um, so I didn't call again, <laughs> uh, but I, I was able to find articles from back then from 2010 who say, you know, insomniac games denies responsibility for um, viral monster image. And so if these articles from back then are saying it, I, I assume that they were able to see what we no longer can. Mm -hmm. Um, so that to me validated that yes, they when they said they were just joking, they were in fact joking. Um, so my next step was the guy says there are two pick. Okay, the source of the image is actually um, a hunting forum called Archery Talks, and hunters upload pictures of their you know of their kills. They ask questions, all kinds of things like that, and that. That was the first place that the picture showed up. And it's this user called Hillbilly Willie. And he says, you know, I don't know what to think about this, guys. It was on my trail cam. The camera had been ripped off the tree and thrown to the side. It looked like something tried to twist it to get it off. And if if my buddies are playing a joke on me, then, it, I mean, really, the joke's on them, too if anybody is playing a joke, because there's only three of us who know where the spot is and people, you know, there were 700 pages of replies, Wow! but I read all of them. <laughs> Every one of them. <laughs> That's a lot and of pages. Were, it, it is. Yeah, it is. It's not, and not 700 replies, 700 pages. pages. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's funny. Um, I put a video out on this and I'll send you the link if you want to um, yes, link it to any of this. Yes. But mm -hmm. um, the number of guys who got on there and said, oh, that's just my ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> I was so annoyed by that because I thought, really, you would marry someone who looks like this. We know better than that. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. But um, the guy, the original poster, Hillbilly Willie, he would jump back in every once in a while and answer questions because people were accusing him of being a fraud. And this one guy says to him, you uploaded this to another forum with an entirely different story. And he says, that's not me. I'm not a member of any other forum. And he said, I, you know, I wouldn't do that. Like, I know people are pretending to be me. There was even one guy who did a phone interview as me and said he was a Photoshop Really? Expert. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Um. And, and the, the number of, since I put that video out, the number of people who have messaged me claiming to be him it's insane. 
It's insane. And since I read all se- all 700 pages of replies, there are certain things he said that I know. And if you can't answer that, then you aren't him. Yeah. Because you know, so, you know, I was, it was easy to tell. Um, he's, he's an enigma. I would love to find Hillbilly Willie who posted on Archery Talks Forum in 2010, but I don't know if I ever will. <laughs> um, so yeah, after that, um, I, okay, so I found the source of the image and I, I've never had a class in investigative journalism. I think I just kind of have a knack for it. Mm-hmm. But I, even I know, like, a source is very important. You get, you go to the source because that's where you're going to find the truth. Yes. And so um, a lot of people, when I would try to have conversations about it, they would link me to um, a PlayStation Lifestyle article. And the PlayStation Lifestyle article was sourcing a Daily Mail article. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Daily Mail. Um, yes. It is. It's a, it's tabloid journalism. Mm-hmm. And what is tabloid journalism? That is journalism in which the stories are, are unverifiable and at times completely false. So that's not really your best source for information, right? <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, think of, and the story they gave was completely different. It's, I mean, they made it up. It says, this guy was lying in wait when he saw this horrifying creature come out of nowhere. And he, he became so afraid his camera broke. And I'm like, so ask yourself, how is that logical? How does fear break a camera? How? <laughs> None of it made sense. Um, so that part of it, I felt like, you know, I'd cleared that up. Um, then it came down to a couple of other points by the blogger, um, you know, the the uploader hillbilly willie he had uploaded a few a few photos for reference photos to say you know i own this trail cam um this is the spot here's another picture of a deer and um the the guy said okay there's there are these two tre- there's this tree here and there's nine days between the creature photo and the deer photo and none of the leaves on that tree have fallen off and it's fall that's not possible um so I have a friend named Audrey. Shout out Audrey. She is a botanist. And I asked her. I didn't send her the creature image. I tried when I asked questions about it when I was investigating, I tried to keep that part out of it because I wanted people to take it seriously. Yes. But I sent her a picture of the tree and I said, Can you identify this? And she said, You know, it's hard to tell the picture's granny, but if I had to guess, I would say it's sassafras. And I said, Okay, is it possible for that tree to hold on to its leaves for a period of nine days without losing a single leaf. And she said, uh, not just possible, it's, you know, probable, like some trees will hang on to their leaves all the way into winter and through the following spring. And a guy came back to me about that point and said, well, no, it doesn't just change the way it behaves because of the climate, but it absolutely does because it's a deciduous tree because of the climate it can mutate into an evergreen. And so, yes, that was accurate. It absolutely can hang on to its leaves. So that point was crossed off. You know, that that didn't mean it was it was a fake picture. I love um, how you knew a botanist to ask these questions. I love that. Girl, if I didn't if I didn't know one, I would have found one. Yep. <laughs> because I was not Well I done. Mean, I, it was like something came over me. I don't know. I just I, I thought about how quickly we just accept, you mm-hmm. know, and I, I think it's from fear, really. Um, people were quick to want to put it to bed because, oh, it's horrifying. But I, I know what I saw. And all these other people with these stories, 
they know what they saw. You don't see something like that and mistake it and think, oh, oh, they just saw a deer. And because the way the lighting and the shadows were hitting it, they thought it was, no, that is, that's not mm-hmm. how it works. You know what you saw. Um, so then I think the blogger has really, there were a bunch of other points. Um, and I covered those in that video, but I think his, um, what he would consider his smoking gun he ran the picture through a file decoder program called JPEG Snoop. And the result he got back stated that the, that the software detected compression rate anomalies that are also present in known photoshopped images. And he decided that minute was fake. And I'm sitting there looking at it and I immediately look down to the left and then again to the bottom right. And there's a logo and there's a timestamp. And so this is where my schooling on photo forensics came into play. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there were compression rate anomalies consistent with that of a photoshopped image because a logo was added to it and a timestamp was added to it. So I ran it through this um, software called, oh, I'm losing my train of thought, error level analysis. And what that will do is that'll take the picture and any kind of anomalies that are detected in it, they show up either pinkish or bright white. And sure enough, the bright white and pinkish that was showing up was where the logo and the timestamp were. And everything else around the creature, all of it was completely consistent, showed no manipulation. Um, Even I zoomed in all the way to the digital squares and there was no anomaly there. So I thought, okay, yeah, you, 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 all, you know, all the trouble this blogger went to and, you know, hats off to him. He was trying to do his due, due, due diligence. I can't speak. <laughs> um, but I, I, you know, I thought, how did nobody think to say, oh, well, it could be because there is a logo added to it. Um, so, yeah, I went further than that. I contacted, I got on LinkedIn. I contacted someone who worked at the news station back when that was sent in. I even um, was able to speak to the reporter who covered the story. Um, And I found out where the photo came from. He sent it to her. But it was actually sent to more than one station. Um, Whoever whoever was sending it, they sent it to three. Um, And I spoke to one person who told me the name of the reporter who covered it on that, um, in uh, what was it, Channel 33 Baton Rouge. But then... I spoke to someone else who had it sent to them through email and they said, you know, the reason that was aired that, I mean, people send in scare, you know, crazy stories all the time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we, for the most part, we ignore it, but the email address associated with the sender was not Gmail or Yahoo. It was dot M I L and that's military. And, and I, I know what mil like what branch it came from. But they asked me not to disclose that. Um, it comes up later, though. So um, later on, <laughs> I mention it, but not in connection to that person. Because, I, you know, it's important to me to protect a source. And um, in later research, I found out because someone had contacted me after I had uploaded the, vid- the video of the um, investigation. And they claim to be retired Army Corps of Engineers. And... 
this person was telling me, look at this and ask yourself this and look at this and ask yourself that. And to me, that makes someone all the more credible because he wasn't telling me what to see. He was telling me where to look. And he says, you know, the core, they don't just use flood control measures to protect land and property. They use it as a weapon when it's necessary. And sure enough, Kat, in April, May of the following spring that that picture surfaced online, the Army Corps of Engineers completely decimated the Morgan City area. Just, I mean, opened the Morganza spillway and flooded the entire area. Really? Um, yes. And so I, for the book I've written, I have gotten the opinions of a few different uh, civil engineers. I didn't tell them why I wanted their opinion, obviously. Um <laughs> But I, uh, they were pretty consistent with what they said. You know, I asked them, was there any other route they could have taken? Because it looked like, from what I could tell, they had three options. And they chose um, a slightly different version of option C, I think. It may have been B. Um, but um, all the pretty much all the engineers, with the exception of a couple of details, said that, um, you know, it, does, it didn't seem like it was necessary to flood that area to the degree that they did. Uh, they were baffled by it. They didn't really understand it. Um, and these are all, they were all from out of country too. They didn't live in America. Um, they just overlooked the plans, um, what the weather pattern was doing up north. And um, in the south that year, we had we, we had a drought. It was the driest year on record. So, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, also for this one specific location to have been flooded was highly unlikely. Well, right. I, you know, I thought that at first, but up north they were having a lot of rain. Um, okay. And so then, you know, it can move downstream. Mm -hmm. But um, I was told, you know, this could have been handled by opening a little bit at a time. And then our drought and the, and the ground would have absorbed that. And it wouldn't have been necessary to ruin all these people's homes and mm. farmland. Yeah. So that was one of the, um, one of the reports I got back. So I, um, yeah, it, it's really shocking because, you know, I try to tell people this and I have some people who have been really supportive and they'll send people the link to my video and still it, you can't reason with them. They do not want to believe it. No, no, no amount of logic can convince them, but, I've said from the beginning, I'm not doing this for the people who are going to, you know, mock me or, you know, try and tell me that my investigation is bunk and I'm just doing this to make money. At, to date, I have not made a penny off of this, honestly. <laughs> I've invested much more. Um, I, honestly, not one penny. I, like, I got a book deal. But still, I have to sell books to make money. And I feel like, you know, the investigation I've done and the work I put into it and my own money and resources that I invested, then I, it's not a problem if I sell some books and make some money. But it was never to make money. It was for the people who have been through something similar. And, you know, I want them to know that they're not alone. And it's okay to talk about this stuff. Like, yeah, people are going to call you crazy. And a lot of them aren't going to believe you. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like nobody's lived experience is required of somebody else's belief in it. You know, like that's what I say to people all the time. It's a good thing that my lived experience does not require your belief in it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. 
I, yep. knew, I know you said you didn't have any formal training, but sister, you are an investigative journalist. <laughs> you really are. I, I, I realized that um, I just, it, it would just come to me like what kind of questions to ask, um, what to look into. And, and I, you know, it's like a spiral staircase. You can't necessarily see the next step up, but as you take a step, another step becomes clear and another step. And that's very much what my experience was. I didn't worry about where I would go next because I would just kept on moving forward and what I needed to ask and what I needed to know would just come to me. And so I I guess that's, I don't know, it's a little cliche, but I guess that's like kind of how you call, you find your calling. But I say, I say this all the time. You don't choose this. It chooses, it chooses you. you. Because, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I would have never thought that this was going to be my thing <laughs> that I, you know, I tell people I was perfectly happy in my marketing job <laughs> um, and I was pretty good at it. But um, yeah, this, um, it, it was, it was an amazing experience. And then to, you know, to be able to write a book about it and all that, it's just, and, and to have conversations with people, that's my favorite part. When I talk to someone and I hear their story and they tell me like, you coming forward, like that made me feel better. Like I yep. feel less crazy. I feel okay now. Um, I didn't realize at the time, but most people use pen names. <laughs> I didn't. Oh, um, <laughs> I, too late I, now. <laughs> it, well, yeah, exactly. It never occurred to me to do that. Um, mm-hmm. but I don't think I'd change it because, uh, you know, I'm completely fine with, um, people knowing that I'm, me and I'm the one that's been talking about this crazy stuff. So get out your temple hat. <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing one too. I think it makes it more legit too that you, you you're not using a pen name. Uh, you know, I've been taught. Yeah, that's what people have nothing said to before. hide. Yeah, I really I have nothing to hide. I have a when I started talking about this, I knew from the get go. I can't say because I can't really remember exactly when I saw it. I know a roundabout time. Uh, I believe it was probably 2016. And I thought, you know, that's going to make me sound like I'm not telling the truth. Like if I can't even remember, but it's when you go through a traumatic event, you get tunnel vision. And so there are a couple of things around that time that also happened. So I can kind of say 2016, 2017. I don't know if it was spring or fall, I just don't know. And that's the honest to God truth. And I'm aware of someone who had told a Bigfoot story and it's very tempting to try or to think that you need to pin an exact date or people won't believe you. Mm -hmm. And I get that, but I just knew from the beginning that I had, if I was going to, you know, if I was going to do it, it had to be the truth, whole truth and nothing but. And if I make a mistake along the way, if I, uncover information that's inaccurate or if I have a source who's not necessarily honest I'm just going to come forward and say hey I messed up you know just complete transparency and I decided that was the way I would do it and if I just stuck with that then you know everything was going to work out and isn't it amazing when you have an encounter like that and you start finding out that other people have had encounters like that too it's your people it's so refreshing to know that you're not the only one so in for you to come forward like that and writing a book and everything is going to help so many people. I hope so. I do. You know, I said to my publisher, I said, 
I thought I lost all my friends, but really, I just lost a group of people I didn't necessarily even like. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the people that I have met since are some of the most genuine, amazing people. I, f- I mean, I wouldn't change it for the world. Mm-hmm. I'd do it a thousand times over. All the ridicule, all the trolling. I mean, I'm not going to lie. In the beginning, it hurt me. I would cry. But now oh, I'm for sure. Like, You're human. Yeah, yeah. But now I'm just like, let's have a conversation about this. You know, like, um, I don't back down from anyone. This one guy told me, he said, the software program you used, it's not even, it, it's it's far from infallible because I edited a picture of myself and uploaded it and it failed to detect any manipulation. I said, all right, well, let's see if that's repeatable. Send me the original, send me the one you edited, and let me see if I get the same result. Mm-hmm. Crickets. Crickets chirping. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the probably video ex- I did. Probably didn't expect oh, you to call them out. Right. Yeah. Initially, see, Reddit is really where I I started out, like having my conversations. And at first people were horrible, but I kept my cool. You know, I was just trying, you know, prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. Like I welcome anyone to point out where my logic is flawed. I'm not trying to be right. I'm trying to get to the bottom of this. Hmm. And we all hold a piece of the puzzle, right? Yep. And I noticed like as time went on, I was still I would still get down votes, but the people weren't commenting anymore. <laughs> oh <laughs> they, really? Yeah, well I guess because <laughs> you know that well, I mean some of them still did. My um good friend Ethan, he has this ASP foundation where he um is trying to like uh, scientifically catalog cryptids. He, he's br- a brilliant, brilliant person. Um, but he says he has a theory that a lot of these are bots. <laughs> oh, <laughs> trying, yeah, yeah, trying probably. to argue with me. Yeah. Um, because on Reddit, there are even, you can go to this one subreddit and the, it's like a load of bots arguing with one another. And you read it, you really get drawn in because you can, I mean, <laughs> they sound. They're they're built to mimic certain personalities, and it is it, it's really honestly quite frightening for what it means for free speech. Yeah, and, but um, yeah, it's I, interesting though. It is, yeah. So I don't really argue on Reddit. <laughs> well, I I say argue, I mean argue. I don't mean fight because I'm not getting into the name calling. And, yeah, I mean that's a logical fallacy. And I educated myself on that kind of thing, too, like logical fallacies. And if someone's attacking your character and not your argument, you end it there. And I really want to eventually write about that, like how to have a conversation and find some common ground and some pitfalls to avoid. And and also, like, how to locate the source of an image. How You know, if you want to investigate something before you just say this is a fake or you call someone crazy for saying they experience something like really do your own investigation look into it yourself Mm -hmm. because people's experiences are valid you can't just discount all these encounter stories and another another thing my friend Ethan said he said you know either there is a cult of people who are just horrible liars and they have been lying about these encounters for 200 years and they've kept up that lie for 200 years or this is actually happening. Mm-hmm. Which one's more likely, you know? Yeah. For sure. Have you found out, because I've never heard of this creature being found anywhere else around the world. Have you heard of that? I have. Um, I've heard of a sighting in um, Portugal, uh, no, Poland. 
I've oh. heard of some in Australia. No, they're a lot more common around um, northern Northern America, like Canada and the mm-hmm. United States. And it's interesting because the sightings kind of line up with the car, uh, the car systems and the cave systems. Um, so we believe that one theory is it's just a, a divergent species of ape that went underground to maybe avoid a cataclysmic event and just kind of evolved to that kind of environment. Um, I've recently found a um, bunch of scientific papers by the National Association of, I'm not sure if I'm saying this right, but um, speleology, and that's uh, caves. Mm-hmm. And, um, under uh, under car systems are kind of like sinkholes, an area where an animal could get through to get to a cave system. Um, and there's actually one right on the area where I saw that creature. There's a car system there because you can locate them based on ge- geographical maps. But yeah, it it's not always in the same spot, um, but they seem to line up with. Um, they're actually also pretty similar to the. The the plot, the pointed, I cannot talk right now. <laughs> the plots that have been pointed, it, it also matches up pretty clearly with the um, missing 411 map. That's interesting. Um, it is, yes. Wow. It very much is. Shout out to Dave Politis so that he knows yes. that I'm not trying to take credit for his map. <laughs> it's your map, Dave. I'm not talking about yours. I'm talking about mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really fascinating. It is, yeah. I wonder if there's a, has, do you know if anyone's ever found a correlation between the two? Okay, yeah. Do I know if anybody's had a, and then you cut out. Oh, a correlation between the two. With these creatures. A correlation between. Between these creatures and the um, uh, missing 411. It has been, um, I won't say theorized. It's been hypothesized. Yes. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, it could be, but they seem to be, um, I don't have a, I've never heard of a report of one hurting a human. No, they will give chase. Um, but I, I don't know, you know, it, it, anything's possible. I think with the missing 411 phenomenon, it is just so complex Yes, that we may not ever, we may never understand it. And I don't think it's just one thing, but, um, there is a, and my friend Hammerson Peters, he's incredible. He's got a YouTube channel. He He's actually the first person I contacted when um, I decided to speak out. And I said, hey, you know, has anybody ever told you they saw a weird humanoid looking thing? Mm-hmm. And um, he was like, actually, yes. Um, he found, he said he had been just, just really skeptical and didn't think that this was actually a thing. He thought it was a modern day phenomenon and it, that, that it could have been a tulpa, like, you know, a thought field that, mm-hmm. and something physical that formed from that. But then he found um, a report written by James Tite, who had lived with Interior Salish of Canada, and it said... And I'm paraphrasing, but beings of another kind are occasionally seen, and they are of they are very gaunt and emaciated. Um, they look like humans, but they're naked, and they chase people, but are more persistent. And this is from the 1900s, so this isn't a modern day phenomenon. You know, this is this has been going on for a bit, 
And those are just, I mean, that's just one reported. I mean, think about all the people who don't even access the internet who mm-hmm. have stories, you know? So, yeah, I, um, in the book, I have a couple of, there are a couple of theories about where, what they are and where they come from. And I'm going to be honest, Kat, I don't like some of them one bit. <laughs> and I would prefer <laughs> to just not mention it because it is really out there. But I, I wouldn't be worth the paper I was writing on if I didn't report everything I learned. Yeah. So um, I tend to lean towards the evolutionary divergent theory. But, you know, there's another one that claims that there are big giant lizards living underneath our feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah, I go in, I go into that in the book. Um, but, yeah, um, oh, we I'm haven't, excited. We haven't mentioned the name of the book. What's it called? Oh, okay, yeah. It's called... Um, Coming out of the crawler encounter closet, a social suicide experiment. <laughs> I love the title. It's long, but it, I mean, that's very much what, what it's about. You know, that's what happened. Because mm-hmm. I was, when this happened, I was a completely different person. The things that were important to me that, you know, I, I was a bit superficial. I didn't care so much about other people's feelings. I was really selfish and now I like, I don't even feel like I know who that girl was because I'm so much more tolerant and so much more open-minded and loving. I could get tears in my eyes <laughs> because it's just like, if there's a higher purpose behind this, it's, that's going to be what it is because I, it completely changed my life at first for the worst, <laughs> <laughs> but then eventually, you know, like just at the point I'm at now, just so blessed to have. Um, a publisher and be able to get my book out there and just have conversations with people. That's my favorite part of it. We hear a a lot of that from people when they have experiences like that. They say it's life changing. It is. I mean, if you don't ignore it and pretend it didn't happen because they're totally changed my life. Um, But yeah, it, it totally, totally changed my life. Because it can shake you to the core. I mean, this particular creature, when I look at pictures, um, it's it's almost like there's something primal in me that is instinctively afraid of it. Yes. Um, okay. Have you ever heard of the Uncanny Valley? No. Okay. The Uncanny Valley kind of um, gives an explanation for that. It says the more human-like something looks, but in an awkward weird way we have this aversion to it and they actually did a study with chimpanzees and determined that that was evolutionary so at some point in our past we may have had encounters with these things and there was a reason to fear them to the point that we have that visceral reaction now um kind of like a genetic memory yes yes exactly you you know a lot (laughs) a little Ah, give yourself a bit more credit than that. Oh, thank you, love. <laughs> yes, um, but like, uh, yeah, I mean, that uh, transgenerational trauma, mm-hmm. but I think it's deeply embedded in our genetics, for sure. Yeah, I think that helps with, um, I don't want to say self-preservation, but it just uh, kind of gives us the uh, the ability to... Um, to know survive. instinctively, yes, to survive. Yes, 
Um, well, your sympathetic nervous system response kicks in, right? Mm-hmm. Fight or flight. Yep. <laughs> or yeah, freeze, exactly. Yep. <laughs> which, which is what I do. <laughs> <laughs> and we know Lady Anne has a, has a flight. <laughs> yes. Yes, for sure. Um, Kat, I have another podcast in two minutes. Oh, yes. Um, okay. So, um. Quickly tell I, us I, where I, we can find you. Okay, sure. Yes. Um. My website is missyleesterling.com. Um, it's spelled M-I-S-S-Y-L-E-I-G-H-S-T-E-R-L-I-N-G dot C-O-M. <laughs> um, and I'll send you the link to that. Um, but yeah. I, I have a YouTube channel, too, and you can find all that on my website. And I'm not quite sure when the book's coming out. It was supposed to be it was supposed to be out but i'm waiting for a little bit more information on something i'm working on okay um which is going to make it like all the better it'll be worth it to wait so nice. um, as soon as i get that in i'm going to hand in my manuscript and my amazing publishers are going to do their thing and as soon as i know when it's going to be out i will get you a copy oh thank you sure. yes i'm looking of forward course. to reading that yes thank you so much thank for your time i really appreciate you Oh, thank you for having me. And we'll catch up soon. For sure, yes. Take care, love. You too. Bye. Bye. Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care of each other. And if you'd like to be on the show or have questions and comments, Just drop me an email, paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Paranormal Heart would like to extend a special thank you to purpleplanet.com for supplying the music for the show. The views and opinions expressed on Paranormal Heart are those of the host and participants. 